from uh, oh but let's go anyway <laughs> all righty hello and welcome to today's podcast of heart investors my name is brian meshkin and i'm privileged to host this podcast i apologize for any background noise in advance because i'm actually hosting this from the salt lake city airport at the moment i'm pleased to have with me my podcast co-founder as well as producer arnav Agdiala, uh, so grateful for all that he does. Today, we are honored today to have as our guest, Anthony Bohoris, the Managing Director and Founder of Cancer Fund, which is based in Phoenix, Arizona. Anthony, welcome to the Heart Investors Podcast. Thanks, Brian. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, if you've listened to our first couple podcasts, you've heard already about one of our sponsors, Cancer Fund. But today, we're going to hear from its founder, I've gotten to know Anthony over the past year, and let me take the opportunity to tell you a little bit about him. Anthony lives with his beautiful wife and children in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, like many hard investors, Anthony's passion begins with a challenging story that I'll allow him to explain in greater detail when his father was lost to cancer. He has over 20 years of experience building early stage technology ventures, taking several from concept through exit. His advisory, consulting, and executive experiences include work with medical device companies, pharmaceutical, bioinformatics, wellness, healthcare IT, and even Internet of Things companies. Anthony earned his bachelor's degree from DePaul University, and he has completed some further studies at ASU in the Phoenix area, the Illinois Institute of Technology, as well as Northwestern University. Anthony is just a fun-loving guy with a great sense of humor, and I look forward to each of you getting to know him better today. But before we get started, as always, let's pause and say a quick word about one of our sponsors, Cancer Fund. If you've ever donated to a cancer research foundation in the hopes of helping stop cancer, then you may want to learn more about how to invest in Cancer Fund. Cancer Fund is a community of people sharing a passion to change the future of cancer now. They believe that innovation is the key to improving cancer prevention, diagnosis, intervention, and outcomes, and they're committed to helping promising solutions get from the lab or university to patients so they can impact lives. They support promising developments in their earliest of stages where financial support can make the difference between just a great research idea and a breakthrough in cancer care. Why would someone invest $500 or more in Cancer Fund One? Well, to help patients, survivors, and at-risk individuals fund promising cancer therapies, diagnostics, and preventions, and possibly maybe even generate a return on investment. I've been inspired by the team at Cancer Fund, as you know, and recently joined them as a venture partner. To learn more about investing in the Cancer Fund, or if you're looking for investment into your early stage company that is looking to make a positive social impact for cancer patients, please visit www.cancerfund.com. All right, so let's get started. Anthony, the question that I ask every guest who comes on this podcast is to tell us about what inspires you. So what inspires you, Anthony? <laughs> well, uh, after that great intro, thank you for that. Um, it, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Um, I, I'm a little afraid to say it, but it's it's actually being part of the cancer fund. I mean, it's it's uh, um, you know I think few of us get to create the job that we really want um, every day, but that's actually what this is. Um, you know, the feeling that I get uh, from being part of the cancer fund and in knowing how important and how impactful the work that we were doing could be to so many people. Uh, you know, that's really what inspires me. It's, it's, it's the thing that, that, you know, uh, wakes me up early in the morning and, and, you know, keeps me going throughout the day. And, and I'm very, very fortunate for that. Cause I realize a lot of people don't have, um, really the opportunity to do that kind of, of, uh, work that they're so inspired by. So, uh, it really is actually being part of the cancer fund. 
No, I appreciate that. No, it definitely is special when you can do something that you really love. It's always what I tell you, find something you really love and go after it and be really good at it. Well, you know, so to help cancer patients, because all of us have had cancer affect different members of our family. You know, I've had grandparents die of cancer, et cetera. A lot of people look for and find a charity or a foundation to donate to. So why did you decide to create Cancer Fund? Um, well, you know, I, I think there's certainly a lot of selfless things behind the Cancer Fund, but uh, uh, there is something very selfish behind this, which is that for me, uh, the Cancer Fund is really what I wanted. That's, that's how I wanted to support cancer. And, uh, you know, I, again, we, we, we all probably, or so many of us have, have uh, uh, experienced um, uh, supporting cancer charities, and a lot of them uh, do support a lot of great programs, run a lot of great programs, and, and support uh, important research. But as, as, an, as an investor um, and as an entrepreneur and an executive, um, you know, I've spent 25 plus years really focused on uh, delivering measurable results. And, um, you know, that it, it's, it's, I think, a different level of, of accountability and, and transparency uh, than what we're, that, that I expect than what I think most uh, charitable organizations are accustomed to delivering on. And that's really what I wanted as, uh, that's really what I wanted and what I wanted out of the Cancer Fund was I wanted to, to have a very clear insight into what it was that that my financial support was funding, and I also wanted to have uh, a a clear path, sort of line line of sight to how that support actually would make a difference in the lives of of patients or survivors or populations at risk of developing cancer. So I, think, I think that really dovetails. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that dovetails are not what you and I were discussing. Do you want to ask your question? Yeah. So I was going to ask, uh, what separates Cancer Fund from other cancer organizations? Yeah. So uh, if I didn't hint at it already, I think it's uh, it may be obvious by this point, which is that we're not a charity. Uh, we're not a nonprofit. We're actually a for-profit investment fund, um, which I think is is. Uh, um, unique um, to start with. Uh, second, uh, we don't support research. Uh, we invest in companies. Uh, so we invest in companies commercializing uh, research. And I think that that's the, the next stage in the fight against cancer. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's um, well, you could probably argue that there's, there's not enough research funding. There's, there's quite a bit of research funding for cancer research. Uh, the National Cancer Institute alone uh, will fund over $6.5 billion uh, worth of, of uh, research uh, funding for cancer uh, this year. Uh, but there's, there's a relatively small amount of uh, uh, investors and capital out there to actually commercialize that research. So I think that those are the, the two different things about us is that one, we're not a charity, and two, we're not supporting research. So we're a for-profit and we're investing in companies, not writing grants. That's uh, really good to know. And, and how does, uh, I know the answer to this question, so I'm asking it rhetorically just so you can provide added clarity. Um, how does like the overhead management fee of a fund compared to the kind of overhead management costs of a nonprofit? Oh, that's a great question. So um, 
you know, it'll the the nonprofit costs obviously vary from nonprofit to nonprofit, but if you look at the average, uh, the overhead is about thirty five percent of so so about thirty five cents of every dollar um, for nonprofits uh, go to their overhead, um, which is one number. And I'll try to keep this uh, apples to apples comparison, and then kind of come back with a further little further clarification. Um, you know, the, the, the conventional venture fund model is really more of a 2, 2% and 20% uh, model, right? So 2% of, of the assets under management and 20% uh, uh, of the carried interest. And uh, if you're to compare those, you know, with a, a, the same set of dollars over say uh, a 10 year span, the lifetime of, of the fund, uh, it, it would end up being about half uh, uh, in terms of uh, actually, at least based on our on our uh, uh, projected expenses, the uh, the cost to operate the cancer fund ended up being about half of of the overhead uh, of the average charity. So about seventeen and a half percent versus thirty five percent. Yeah, I think it's a really attractive thing for those that are looking to put their money in a place where most of the money they're giving is actually going to make an impact. Well, you, Anthony, you know how passionate I am about social impact investing and driving social change. It's been part of my life's mission since I was a teenager. Uh, and I've been actively engaged, you know, back then as a youth activist and then later, you know, in my professional career. Um, but, you know, it's not easy. Uh, you know, we both have our bumps and bruises from having done this because I've implemented changes to save people's lives and, you know, populations' lives and make the world a better place. There's always opposing forces. Those opposing forces, you know, have a vested interest in the problem. They make money on it. They get power from the status quo, and they'll try to stop innovation. And those special interests can be in industry, or they can be in government, or they can be in nonprofits, or even academia. So as Cancer Fund grows, I'm sure there are going to be some people who may object to what's going on at Cancer Fund, or may say, you know, you know, may throw barbs or those type of things. And so I, I kind of wonder, you know how you'll react if and when the time comes that people will say, well, why should I give money to the cancer fund versus giving it to a nonprofit? Or for those that are hard investors that care, you know, maybe inspired by the story of cancer fund, you know, why would they choose to participate in cancer fund and not give to a nonprofit? Yeah, um, there's, there's a lot of great questions in there. So, so that there are, um, there are some folks that, uh, um, have a hard time understanding uh, this or accepting it um, because you're right. I think it. I think it does. It definitely challenges the status quo and and certainly challenges what they're uh, comfortable with, familiar uh, with doing. And and for me, I mean, I I think it's it's hard for all of us to change our behaviors, right? And and uh, you know, like so many other people, I I supported cancer charities too, right? And there was there was a uh, a point in time where I had somebody sort of confronted me with this, I would have been like, I, I don't see it, right? Um, I, I've had about 20 years, <laughs> just 15 to 20 years to sort of go through that evolution, right, of, of uh, shifting my behavior from, uh, from being a donor to actually being an investor. And so, um, you know, it's, it, it, in some ways, I can certainly understand the hesitations from uh, those individuals who are accustomed to donating to cancer charities, um, right? And I think that there's a, a path uh, that you go through, which is realizing, you know, I think for me, it, it started something like this, which was that, oh, well, somebody's doing something about that, right? Like um, either, you know, there's, there's large 
industry companies out there doing the R&D and funding the development. Uh, and if they're not doing it, the venture capitalists are supporting it. And if, if they're not doing it, right, like, uh, well, that's what the universities are doing. Oh, and that's what the federal government's doing. And, you know, I think that when I started on this journey, that was my expectation. What I found is that a lot of donors have that expectation, or they may also think that, well, I'm already supporting this, right? Because I'm donating to charities that support cancer research and therefore I'm helping. And what I've come to realize and what, what I think is a struggle for some of us to accept is that those are all important pieces of the process. Um, research is an important early step, right? Um, but if we're not funding the commercialization of that research, it's not going to help anybody. And when you start to look into who's funding what, that's where you end up with, with really seeing the funding gap, right? And, and for me, and I realize that, I, you know, I'm now much closer to this than, than most people in the world are because we have nearly 200 companies, you know, cancer innovations, raising capital uh, that we're evaluating now. So, you know, I, I on a daily basis, <laughs> see companies like this that are looking for funding, but I realize that most people don't have that insight. And that was part of the experience for me was, you know, the very first investment I saw in this space nearly 20 years ago, a promising cancer therapy that, you know, sort of blew my mind. And for me, that was, that was the moment where, you know, I was, I, I started to actually question, well, what is happening with the money that I give to, to charities? And again, it's not that they're not doing great things with it, but you know, that stuff only goes so far and only su supports certain things. And in the cases of the companies that we're, we're investing in, it's not supporting that critical next stage. So I'm going to ramble on here for a little bit, Brian. So if you want to jump in and interrupt me, no, please, please go ahead. Please go ahead. Cause the, the, so that's, that's sort of one, uh, one of sort of the, the typical, um, uh, uh, people that that I think don't yet understand what we're doing or why we're doing it. And oftentimes, I mean, if we're having that conversation one-on-one, -on -one, it's it's easier to, to talk with people and talk through that. And, and you can sort of figure out, you know, how they get there. The other one, though, is on the venture capital side. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a different conversation because you have people who, um, you know, again, the, where, where the donors have, have been supporting this, the mission, on the venture capital side and sort of the institutional investor side, you have uh, individuals who are accustomed to really maximizing return. And so the idea of, of saying, well, uh, hold on a second, this isn't purely about maximizing the return. I'm not, not kidding when I say that, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I mean it. And, and that means that on, on uh, certain opportunities, there's, you know, there's balance and sort of parity between the impact and the potential return, but but some other investments may have greater impact than they do return potential. And, and there are consequences to that, right? That means that the returns that we generate may not be the, the five, 10, 20, 100X, you know, multiple that a lot of, of uh, sort of institutional or professional investors um, or, or investors seeking ultra high returns may be looking for, right? And, and that's, that. it doesn't mean that, that you can't find deals where you get both of those are, 
out of, but, but often, and there, there are some where there's no sacrifice, right? There's just, there's just the added benefit of the impact on top of the potential return. But oftentimes those tend to be the later stage investments. And this is certainly something that, that we feel adamant about is, is that at some point somebody has to take the risk or, or these innovations don't actually make it to that later stage. And so with a lot of those professional uh, investors, that's really, um, that's really the, the, the hesitation from them or the, uh, the criticism from them is that, well, why wouldn't you just wait until, you know, until they have this evidence, right? Until they have this data, until this and this and this. And the, the answer to that is, well, if everybody waits <laughs> until they have that, nobody will ever have that. <laughs> right. Somebody's got sure. to take that. Risk. <clears throat> and, and, you know, I think it's, it's in between that space that we live, right. Those people who are willing to recognize and accept the level of risk uh, that exists at the, at the time we're making the investment and accept that that could mean that, that the return could be potentially lower um, or like on a portfolio basis or even on an individual company basis. Uh, but we care enough about the mission and the potential impact to actually make that investment. And so it's, it's kind of between those two, um, those sort of two personas or personalities that I live in terms of, of, of how I guide and direct uh, the, the cancer fund and my own, my own personal investments. And I think what's exciting for me is that uh, while there'll probably always be a lot of people that live in both of those camps uh, and don't understand what we're doing, what's exciting to me is, is when I meet those folks who do get it, who do understand it, and who believe enough in the mission uh, and are willing to actually take some of, of that risk and, and potentially benefit, benefit uh, in, in the return. No, for sure. I think you articulately said it. There is a gap. There's a gap between the early stage investing that goes to research, which comes from nonprofits and charities and the government and those type of things. And they don't want to get too close to something commercial because they operate in some ivory tower where business is bad um, and they're comfortable with the risk but want to stay away from the business and the commercialization. And then you've got the professional investors that are thinking about limiting the risk focused solely on the business and the return, the financial numbers. And there isn't, there isn't a appropriate, you know, I've heard people refer to it as the valley of the shadow of death or whatever that exists for medical devices, for pharmaceuticals, for digital health products, for a lot of investments um, in, in this type of market. And I think that's where heart investors come in because they not only understand it in their mind, but they feel it, know it in their heart and they're willing to fill in that gap. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And so obviously the mission of this podcast, if we're talking about missions, is to help educate and inspire others to become hard investors so we can get more people to fill in this gap so we can get these essential technologies to market. We need to mobilize these people who have good intentions to stand up to the obstacles that are in the way and actually you know, replace the rotting old growth of the old system with new growth that's actually helping patients. And so as a fellow hard investor, as someone who wants to have other people participate in this way, I'm wondering how you think we can inspire more people to be hard investors. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I think I think it starts with what we care about, or what we, or maybe what we care about enough to do something 
about. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, you know, I think one of the things that's, that's so fascinating to me and, and exciting is, is when, when we meet people who want to support the cancer fund that aren't historically investors, right? Uh, these, these are not people that would identify them in, themselves as investors, but they understand what we're doing and believe in what we're doing. And they become investors because of something that they care about. And I think that, that that's a path to take, right? And that's, that's sort of the genesis of, of the, the cancer fund. And, and we have a number of examples of, of that where you have people who are supporting um, what we're doing um, because it's what they care about. And, and if it's not cancer, um, what is it that you care about? What is it that you care? Uh, how would you like to see the, the, the world uh, different? What was, what, was the, uh, what was the quote from Gandhi? Invest in the change you want to see in the world? Maybe that wasn't. Yeah, Gandhi. be the change. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> be the change by investing, right? <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe the invest is, is my take on it. <laughs> but, you know, chances are, if it's something you care about, it's something you're probably already investing time and or money uh, into it, right? And, and uh, uh, you know, think about that. And then, then uh, you know, I, I, you know I, think, I think this is what's not, what's probably not unique to the cancer fund is, is that funding gap for innovations, right? So I, I, would, I would venture to speculate that whatever it is that you care about, uh, there are potential innovations that could make a difference. And it's likely that there are more than you think and that there are probably a, a, a number of them that need investment capital to actually um, make it to the next stage of development and actually deliver their, their, their uh, solution to the world. And if that's the case, then I think you have the, the dynamic for um, certainly for a, a greater need um, for hard investors, and then also the, the pathway to, to sort of follow your heart into investing in the things that you care about. And it may be more than one thing. I mean, I, I do hope that uh, um, I actually have a number of things that I care about within healthcare and even beyond. And I hope that, that at some point um, I can sort of broaden the aperture to even move, move beyond cancer. But for right now, I'm, I'm focused on cancer. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. I think that I recently saw a statistic and it was something like 67%, 70% of millennials, you know, Arnold's generation, believe that their buying power financial decisions can influence social impact, whether they are buying things that are fair trade or that are made from recycled materials or from businesses that support principles that they adhere to or don't uh, do manufacturing in certain com com companies and those type of countries. So I think that I think that we're starting to see that even happening in a generational shift with the millennials. And so it's it's beyond all those normal financial buying and selling decisions, but it's also in investing decisions. And I think that's where social impact investing really comes in. So Arnav, maybe it's going to be your generation that's ultimately going to <laughs> shift this, as your generation is very aware and awakened to how their investment decisions, you know, their voting with their dollar can really make an impact. And, you know, it's not the government that solves problems. Surely they haven't in the past 30 years. It's usually new companies, new technologies that solve problems for us. And so that, that's where we need money to be focused to really make a difference. And, you know, folks like you, Anthony, a cancer fund, 
are on the front lines of this. And so I, I hope that more people will become a part of Cancer Fund and, and be a part of this effort. And so, um, Anthony, any, any uh, closing thoughts? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that uh, I'm probably an early indicator for the uh, millennial population here. So, so Arnav, there may be something to what Brian's saying. At, at 46, I am not part of the millennial generation, but I jokingly occasionally refer <laughs> to myself as the first millennial because I feel like so many of the behaviors uh, <laughs> that, that I've uh, exhibited over the past 25, uh, 30 years that I've gotten beat up for and are just sort of expected from, <laughs> from millennials. So, so maybe this is another one of those, which is uh, um, you know, that, that really uh, purpose-based work, um, which you know, from, from my perspective, I, I think that's, a, uh, that's something that I'm excited to see this next generation embrace, right? Which is uh, you know, not only can you invest with purpose, but can you work with purpose, right? And, and, uh, and I think that, that you know, it's, it's great to be able to, to have sort of those values and pursue that. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of my final thought is that, uh, yeah, Brian, I think it would be great. Uh, and Arnav, on to, to you and your peers uh, to really join the movement and create the movement and, and, and be part of really creating that future that we want to live in. Awesome. Well, time flew by today. Anthony, thank you for joining us today and sharing your story as listeners. Yeah, it's our hope that hearing Anthony's interview today helped you better understand how you can invest in positive change in the world, specifically with Cancer Fund to help cancer patients. Arnav, thanks for your work always as producer and making sure that the technology behind the scenes get this podcast out to people across the internet so people across the world can hear. Uh, we look forward to continuing to interview heart investors from across the globe twice a week. To learn more, visit us at www.heartinvestors.org. We already have our first dozen or so guests lined up. So until next time, as we always say, instead of being manipulated by those in the media, industry, and government that have us focus on the differences between people, let's focus on how people can make a difference. Make it a great day. Thanks, everybody.